We are in the thick of football season, and Penn State football has been on a tear in recruiting, but that doesn't mean that they get to have all the love because Penn State basketball now, under new head coach Michael Shrewsbury, is on a bit of a run their own with the class of 2023. To get more information on that, we are talking with our Hoops Recruiting Insider, Dave Ecker, today on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. That's Dave. Dave, how you doing today? I'm doing great, T. Frank. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this to learn a little bit more about uh, Penn State basketball under the new head coach, Michael Shrewsbury, and uh, he seems to be making an immediate impact so far on the program. Tell us a little bit about what uh, this commitment means for the program and how this is uh, going, I guess, for Penn State basketball. Yes, sir. So Saturday, um, you may have missed it while you were in the tailgate fields. Uh, Penn State Hoops got a commitment from uh, top 150 big man Keba Njai out of uh, La Lumiere School in Indiana. Um, huge commitment for them, really talented big guy. Um, and, and that's kind of what this class was missing for them. It, it hadn't had a big guy. Um, he, he's six foot nine, so he can fill that role, you know, really well. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a really key cog to what has already been a very good class uh, for Micah Shrewsbury, he's really made an impact on the recruiting trail already. And you had a chance to talk to him. And if you want to check out that article where uh, there's a Q&A with Kemba and David, BWI, Blue White Illustrated, uh, com. you can check out Blue White Illustrated on our, our website. So tell us a little bit about what he said were the deciding factors and why he chose Penn State. So yeah, his his big thing, which I found interesting, um, none of the other prospects had really talked about this too much, was uh, Penn State staff presented him with an individualized um, workout plan, more or less. Here's how we're getting you better, and here's how we're going to do it. And and to him, it it sounded like that was a really big difference maker. He wants to be he wants to be instructed one on one. He realizes that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a team game, and obviously that's important. But you know, he wants to he wants assurances that his game is going to be developed, and and Penn State staff gave him that, and that was a big big thing for him. And that has been a part of the profile for Mike Shrewsbury and his staff, right? That they've been able to do that. They have a consistent track record of getting guys better and and to the league, right? I, I'm not mistaken in that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the the other thing that you know a lot of the prospects really like is they'll break down their film for them um, okay. and say you know here's how look you know the here here's what you need to work on here's what we think is good so that that's another thing and yeah I mean he's a former NBA coach right yeah. <laughs> so he's he's an NBA assistant coach with the Boston Celtics so if you're trying to get to the league I mean there aren't many better choices in, in college basketball he's a guy who can who can get you there. He knows what it takes. So I, I think that's really made an impact um, early here. And, and Jai is just one part of an already quickly developing class for 2023, right? Tell us about the rest of the class and I guess who stands out that they've been able to bring into the program outside of this talented big man. Yeah, that's that's 2022, T. Frank. Sorry. But, oh, excuse uh, me. Yeah, excuse it's, me. It's, um, yeah, they've, they've brought in Jamil Brown, um, very, very good guard out of the Philadelphia area. He plays played his uh, AAU ball for team final. 
um, which is the same AAU program that produced Tony Carr and Lamar Stevens. Um, so that's that's a relationship that obviously it would be benefit Penn State to continue fostering. Um, so that's important. He's a really good player. Um, they've got Kanye Clary. He was their first commitment out of Virginia. He had a really nice showing at Peach Jam. I think he's kind of under the radar a little bit. Um, and then they they went to they went to Ohio and they brought in Evan Mahaffey out of Muller um, in Cincinnati. Lanky lanky guard can defend really well. Um, he he led his conference in blocks last season, um, which you know if you're not playing in the post, that's obviously a, a, an achievement. So yeah, it, it's it's. It's looking like a really good class. It's ranked in the top 20, um, which if you're a Penn State fan, you're saying, like, is that allowed? You know, right. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> uh, I believe I I, I, uh, I got this stat on Monday that Penn State was actually one of six schools um, across the country to have a top 20 class in football and a top 20 class in basketball right now. So it just kind of tells you a little bit. Um you know, it's working for them. It's yeah. it's going well, which if you're a Penn State basketball fan, again, it's like, okay, what's the catch? What's going on here? So, so that's my next question, Dave. Uh, and we're going to raise this for inflation. So here's the $100 million question. Should you be optimistic if you're a Penn State football fan or a basketball fan? Excuse me. Should you take this optimism and run with it and, and say that this is a turning point for the program? I think yes. To be honest, and, and, and I know, I know. Um, look, uh, I've been following this program for a very long time. Um, I can't ever remember a, a, a staff recruiting this well. And and they've had classes that compare that Lamar Stevens and, and Tony Carr class in, in 2016 yeah. um, was comparable. Um, but, but look, if you look at some of the guys that they're in the conversation with, and we'll talk about one of them, I think, in, in Derek Lively, who who went to Duke. Yeah. Um, I can't ever remember Penn State being in those conversations. They they hosted another five-star prospect um, during Ball State weekend, mm-hmm. Justin Edwards out of Philadelphia. So, yeah, I, they're, they're, they're in the picture for some big names. Um, there's another big name committing on Friday who we think Penn State has a shot at. Um, that's Otega Owe. Yeah, let's talk so, about him a little bit now. Sure. About, um, you know, obviously Adafe Owe is his brother. You may know him as Jason Owe. Uh, how, obviously the ties to Penn State are there. Has he talked at all about how much that matters to him and how much that plays a factor in his recruitment? Because obviously it's a different sport and he's his own individual. So how much has that played into this recruitment process? He's very private. So that's, that's the thing about him is he's not, he hasn't really said very much at all. Um, but the, the, the way that it's, it's been explained to me is do not assume that he's coming to Penn state just because his brother did. Right. That's that said it, you know, it, my interpretation is that Penn state has, you know, a relatively good shot of landing him on Friday. Um, I'm not, you know, I haven't made a pick or anything. I, I don't th- I think there are people who are doing that. And I think, that might be a little bit off, um, maybe may a little bit premature, but I, I do think that there's a, a decent chance. And look, the the middle of uh, OA brother just just signed with Penn State basketball as a walk on. <laughs> so uh, 
that helps. Clear, yeah, you know that's that's that matters. So so yeah. clearly they're going all out here. Um, and yeah, that it's it would be their second best commitment ever behind Tony Carr. I think he's ranked seventy sixth in the rivals one hundred. If I okay, uh, if I have my numbers right, and yeah, he's he's a great player. He's explosive. He can score. You know, Penn State fans, if you have any interest in Penn State basketball, that is a huge thing to watch on Friday. Yeah, and one that was earlier this week that I think a lot of Penn State fans were excited about and knew the reality of the situation. But again, you mentioned the fact that they are in on a lot of really good basketball players. Derek Lively, local kid, he ends up choosing Duke. But how much has that process been... Uh, I guess for the staff and and in that situation, how'd that play out? And how do you think when you're in the conversation for the number two overall player in a class, what does that do for you in recruiting? It matters. It definitely matters. You know, you saw Jamil Brown on Twitter campaigning for him to come, and and you know it it was it was interesting because I have never experienced a recruitment like that. Yeah, you know, in, in my time following Penn State basketball and in my brief or time here covering recruiting, uh, it's it's I, I've never seen Penn State basketball in for a guy of that talent. So it was interesting to follow. Um, they got him on campus in the summer. He came for an unofficial visit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he did not take an official visit, but you know, it, it, they were he was interested, and and obviously they were interested. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was it was it was a big deal. Um, Granted, I don't think he was ever really going to come to Penn State. Uh, I don't think Penn State ever really led. Um, but it, it, it's important for a program like Penn State to be involved in these discussions. It's it's important for Penn State to be a factor. And, and, and look, I'm not saying that they're going to land these type of kids. But look, if they get one, just one, at, at any point, it's a huge deal. It's, it's a program changer. Yeah. So... It's it's the type of conversations you want to see Penn State start to enter if you're a, if you're a basketball fan and if you're a Penn State fan. So it's 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 it was an exciting um, it was an exciting process. But like you said, I think the reality was always kind of clear that, hey, there were some other options here that might have been a little bit more appealing from a basketball perspective. Yeah, and so uh, his mom, both a former Penn State athlete and worked at Penn State Athletics, I'm not sure if she still works there. I haven't spoken with her in a couple years, but, uh, you know, nice lady. And uh, that always helps when you want to get the number two overall player in a certain uh, prospect class to get on campus that her mom knows, his mom knows the the university pretty well. Uh, From a perspective of not just a guy who grew up here, and is a part of the conversation. But you've mentioned a couple five-star guys, um, some guys from Indiana as well, choosing Penn State over some of those more classic basketball schools. What's the impact of Micah Shrewsbury on a national perspective in recruiting? Not just, and I know the last, the, the previous staff did a very good job of developing a recruiting base on the eastern part of the state down into the DMV, made some really tough inroads, but it seems like, with some of the contacts that Shrewsbury has from his former position elsewhere, this has a chance for Penn State, if they're successful, to open up new areas in recruiting for Penn State basketball. Would you say that's a fair assessment, or is this really just a leftover of what uh, Shrewsbury had from his previous job? I think it's a perfectly fair assessment. He, he said so. Uh, in his opening press conference, he was asked about recruiting Philadelphia, and he was like, look, we want to recruit Philadelphia but we're not going to only recruit Philadelphia. We want to recruit elsewhere too. We want to be an option 
um, for, for kids who aren't from Pennsylvania, who are from other parts of the country. So clearly, you know, that's happened. They've, they've got a kid for, from Virginia, a kid from Indiana, a kid from Ohio in this class. So, you know, they're, they're in for Owe, who's from New Jersey. Um, you know, Jameel Brown is, is so far the only, the only Philadelphia guy here. So, you know, I, I, I do think that that's the case, um, whether, you know, it gets to the point that, hey, they're, they're an option for, you know, this top 50 kid from Southern California. You know, I don't know if that's realistic, but yeah. you've got to like what you're seeing for sure. Uh, if you want to check out Dave's article, again, it is uh, bluewhiteillustrated.com for the latest Penn State football and recruiting news and basketball recruiting news like you get from Dave here. Uh, join us inside the Lions Den Premium Forum for more insider information as well. Dave's been doing a great job there, uh, giving all the nuggets and, and people, if you have been if you follow along and you're in the Lions Den, you usually know information before it's public. So if you want to be in the know about Penn State basketball as they're building what seems to be a, a good future for uh, the, the basketball team, make sure you check that out, the Lion's Den, and become a member, Blue White Illustrated, for our premium content. And, of course, the October issue is out in newsstands featuring Penn State's freak list and other exclusive content. Learn more at bluewhiteonline.com or by calling customer service, 800-421-7751. I usually have a magazine here with me, but I've been so busy I haven't had a chance to pick one up yet. So before we, we'll get one by the end of the week. And, of course, if you're here on YouTube... If you're listening here on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, that's youtube.com backslash blue white illustrated video. We put up stuff every single day. The BWI daily edition that you're listening to right now, one a day uh, from now to the end of time, Monday through Friday. So Dave's been joining me here and there on the on the daily edition. But uh, yesterday in the Penn State uh, football press conference for the Villanova game, I loved how you responded to what James Franklin said about the officiating here and there because he dropped some not-so-subtle hints before he went on a two-minute tirade. Tirade, I should say. He was very calm by doing what he did. But uh, I loved how you responded to a lot of the things that were said on Twitter. Just take us through what James Franklin talked about yesterday when it came to the officiating in the the Penn State-Auburn game this past weekend. So... He began subtly, um, you know, he dropped some hints about his, him and his players being fired up by some like unnamed adversity, um, <laughs> which clearly was the refs, uh, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, he responded to another question saying that he felt like Penn State was playing more than Auburn, once again, the refs. And then uh, at the end, uh, once all the questions were finished and we thought it was over, he said, no, I've got some things to say. <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> he got it off his chest. Um, he, he, uh, he spoke about his interpretations of some of the calls that went against Penn State um, in that game. And, and frankly, I think he was right to do so. You know, there was, yeah. there was some ridiculous stuff that happened. You, you, you guys know if you're watching, it was bad. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was a little bit unexpected, but hey, I, I don't blame him. Have you seen James do that before? Have you seen uh, James Franklin uh, address something as controversial as that uh, in a press conference? Um, you know, he'll frequently say he has something to say. Uh, usually he does it at the beginning um, in his opening statement. 
Um, but I don't ever really remember the officiating being one of those things. I think yeah. that was pretty unique. So that's to me, that's the reason I wanted to talk about it today is that uh, he doesn't. And and he does as much as he can voices his displeasure without saying anything about bad officiating, because there's obviously repercussions that can come from doing such things. Uh, but that's the first time I remember him actually going through individual calls and uh, adjudicating them afterwards and saying like, you know, this was our interpretation. I want to coach my staff the right way. This is how we do do delve into the rule book and what we saw. I mean, I don't want to say it's passive aggressive because he has to word it carefully, but it was very much a middle finger to the SEC referees, which I truthfully, I guess I was not expecting that. And it was really interesting to watch at the end of the, of the press conference, which he did, by the way, at the end of the press conference so that we couldn't ask any follow up questions about it. Yeah, it, it, was, it was passive aggressive, but I think it had to be for, again, for him to avoid some of the, the repercussions that you're talking about. So, yeah, I think I think his biggest sticking point was, uh, it, it, you know, we, we kind of covered the the loss of down on Saturday that just appeared from nowhere and nobody has any explanation for. But um, yeah, the his his biggest sticking point was the intentional grounding play. Yeah. Uh, before that, where Sean Clifford and Parker Washington clearly just miscommunicated on on which route Parker Washington should be running. He said it was an option play. So yeah, Clifford thought Washington was going deep and he didn't. Um, and he was like, Sean Clifford wasn't under pressure. How can you, how can you call intentional grounding when there's no pressure involved? That's what we talked about on, on Monday on the BWI live show was the, the, the fundamental aspect of intentional grounding is you are intentionally avoiding something being pressure. There was no pressure. So you fundamentally can't have intentional grounding. Otherwise you're just burning a down for no point. And 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 that's what happened. They they got a down burned for them for no point, which I thought was, I, I I was I was glad that that is how he phrased that because that's exactly what we talked about of from the very beginning of that call, that's just wrong. Like from the very basis of kind of in targeting, you have to have certain aspects for it to be targeting. In intentional grounding, there's one really important issue that you need to cover first, and they just kind of ignored it, and that 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 mystified me. But here we are on a Wednesday talking about Penn State uh, football and the the officiating from last Saturday. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's it is a really interesting story, and that's why I wanted to bring it up because James Franklin mentioned it. But um, I guess the 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 rehashing isn't going to stop, is it? it? It is one of those things that's going to go down as something Penn State fans remember for a long time. Yeah, it's definitely not going to stop because it's it's an FCS week and we need some content. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know, it's uh, we're going to talk about it, man. But yeah, look, I, I don't hate it. It's it's again, it's it's one of the biggest takeaways from the game, which is a shame because it was an awesome game and there were yeah. definitely some other aspects of it that, you know, maybe from a, from a more moral perspective, you'd like to be talking about more, but it's, it's fine. He had, he had a right to complain. He complained. I, you know, I think, I, and, and again, he complained using facts. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't like, you know, this referee is a clown, whatever. He was like, well, actually, 
you know, on, on punts, you can't cover the snapper and they covered the snapper. So it should have been a penalty, you know? So it, yeah. it was, it was methodical. It was well thought out. It was calm. I think he did it the right way. Yeah. And, and so to circle back to hoops recruiting uh, and kind of tie these two things together, the one last thing I want to talk about is, is I think Penn State fans of the program have felt like it has been neglected over time when it comes to investing into developing a good basketball program. And truthfully, the university and the athletic department as a whole will benefit from having a good basketball program. Do you think that Penn State basketball can get to the point where they are generating the revenue and the eyeballs and the interest the same way that uh, that football is, or is it what everyone has always said that you can't make basketball work in center County? Do you believe that? And do you think that Michael Shrewsbury can change that narrative? I don't think it will ever be approach football, it, it, even at right. basketball schools, you know, financially it, 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 it tends not to, but, but to be a factor, I, I, I guess is my point to sure, be a factor sure. in, in the, in the revenue generation to support all of the sports that Penn state uh, has, because football, as we talked about with Nate Bauer on a previous show, football carries the brunt of that job. Can basketball help with that in the future? If Michael Shrewsbury is the coach, it seems like he is so far. I, I think that it can, I don't, I, I think there is probably a cap to it because look, the, the location of Penn state, makes it very difficult for Jim from Philadelphia to come watch Penn state play Wisconsin on a Wednesday night. Yeah. It's just, it's tough. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult ask. And so, you know, I, I think there's one or two weekend big 10 games on their schedule this year, which again, you know, if you're Penn state, you're, you're annoyed with that because it has to be on a weekend for you to draw from some of these places from, from the urban centers where there are Penn state fans and Penn state alumni. Yeah. So as far as like a, a, a ticket revenue gate issue, I think it's going to be tough, but certainly, you know, if, if Penn state is really good and there's, there's a huge game Penn state is playing is ranked number 10 and they're playing number five, Michigan. And you know, the, the winner is, 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 kind of in the driver's seat for the big 10 title, people are going to show up for that game. Yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 it, I think they can get to that point uh, where, you know, maybe they have an off year where they're capable of, of competing at the top end of the big 10. And, you know, in other years, they're consistently competing to get into the NCAA tournament. Um, are, are they ever going to be Michigan, Michigan state, or even Ohio State, probably not. Um, I think that's an unreasonable expectation. But if you're a Penn State fan, you're just happy if they're competing to get into March Madness. Yeah. And and certainly, I think the staff, the way that they've recruited so far, and the way that prospects tend to think about their ideas, I certainly think the staff can get to the point where they're regularly doing that instead of, you know, we've got this one really good class of freshmen and we have to wait till they're juniors and seniors for us to compete for anything. Right. Uh, that's, that's, I, I don't think that's going to be the future or the reality um, for this Penn state program under Micah Shrewsbury. I think Penn state fans have a, have a right to be excited whether or not th that success turns into, you know, a, a financial benefit for the university. That's more substantial than what they already get from the TV rights. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't really think so. 
but certainly it can be more than what it is. And uh, if, if they're good, that helps. So We are literally a week away from October, which means basketball is starting up soon. So we are recovering Penn State basketball in the middle of football season here on the BWI Daily Edition. Our recruiting insider, that is Dave Ecker, joining us today. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving us your information and your insight. Thanks to you, Frank. Always a, always a fun time. We will be back again tomorrow. Penn State is practicing tonight, so we'll have our uh, our thoughts and reactions to what we see at Penn State practice. Dave will be there. I'll be there. Ryan Snyder will be there. Nate Bauer will be there. So follow along Blue White Illustrated wherever you get your podcasts for the BWI Daily Edition, the recruiting podcast, and more. And of course, search uh, youtube.com backslash Blue White Illustrated for the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Talk to you tomorrow.